Hello, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. We have another two-part interview today. This time it's with Harry Corris, and it's an amazing conversation. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to laugh a lot. It's a great one. Enjoy the first part of this, and we'll see you for part two next week. Have a magical week. Uh, good afternoon. Good morning. Hello. Welcome, everyone, wherever you happen to be in the world, listening or watching to uh, our podcast. Um, Graeme Gerstenberg, standing in for our usual podcast host, Jez FM, who at the moment is uh, enjoying a honeymoon with Kanika somewhere in Greece. Um, they'll be back on deck early September, but I expect they're having a pretty awesome time right now. Today's podcast, we have a very special guest who I'm going to get to in just a minute. Um, but before I do introduce Harry, I want to quickly go around the room and uh, just see how everyone else's week has been. And I might start with Al, um, struggling with the weather, etc. on the Gold Coast today. Al, I notice you're back in T-shirt um, <laughs> attire. So how's your week been? Oh, it's been fantastic, Graham. Although we're surprised to find the weather up here likes to grow mold, which... I realised today when the expert came to the house that we're doing a great job staying on top of it. And, yeah, we don't have anything to worry about, which is fantastic to hear. Yeah, awesome. Is it, is it a pity that um, you know, we have, like, bees and frogs at the farm, which is supposedly a sign of a really healthy ecosystem? So why is it that mould is not a sign of a healthy ecosystem within a house? I don't understand it. But anyway, there you go. I like the fact that he took all the responsibility there. Before he was saying, why keep the bird Now it's weeds. <laughs> Good pickup, John. <laughs> and, and perhaps the reason for that, John, is that this is being recorded. <laughs> perhaps. But anyway, uh, John, thanks for chipping in. How, how's your week been? Um, flat out like a lizard drinking. So it's just been busy dealing with numpties and having a lot of fun not in a lot of that space. Okay. Time to leave. Looking forward to the weekend by the sound of things. Oh, God, yes. All right. Uh, and also now just checking in with, uh, with my partner in crime, Danette, who um, happens to be in the room next door to me. But anyway, how's, <laughs> how's your week been, as if I didn't know already? My week's been awesome. Um, bit of travelling, got um, some spectacular storms on Wednesday morning, I was in Canberra and about to head home for Thursday. Sorry, it must have been Thursday morning. Yeah, just am amazing what Mother Nature does. Um, and, yeah, very grateful and super excited about Harry coming to talk to us today. Thanks. Thanks, Dale. Um, and a wonderful segue into introducing our special guest today. Uh, if I can provide just a very, very quick thumbnail um, in terms of our relationship with Harry, we met Harry six or seven years ago, uh, ironically, on the other side of planet Earth. We were all at a conference, as it turned out, in Toronto, being run by Robin Sharma. And um, yeah, and it's just gone from there. It's, for us, it's been an amazing relationship and, and one of the best things that's, um, that's happened to both of us. So um, before I introduce Harry, the theme for today's podcast is around leadership and being a great human. And who better to speak to that than um, one of our favourite people on the planet Earth, Harry Corris. Harry, uh, how's your week been? And um, on top of that, maybe can you spend a few minutes just telling us a little bit more about yourself and particularly about life worldwide? Yeah. No, thank you, Graham and Danette and, and team for um, considering me and having me on, you know, it's, um, it's an honour, you know, I'm really honoured to be on here. So thank you. 
And, and yeah, it was love at first sight when we met up at, in uh, Toronto. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was certainly a great event and an eye-opener for all of us there, you know. But um, you ask how my week's been. My week's been magnificent, you know. I, uh, as you know, I don't do bad days. I think every day is a good day. Just some are better than others. And, um, you know, we just, we play along, you know. And um, yeah, yeah. it's been fantastic. And, you know, uh, I transitioned out of the, uh, another world that I was in and I started Life Worldwide. And that world was the security world. And, and the reason I started Life Worldwide was uh, life, life Worldwide, Life Leadership is for Everyone Worldwide. And I found that in my business then, what I did do without knowingly I was doing was mentoring a lot of different people, different kids, different cultures, different ways of doing things and, you know, corporatizing people, people that, you know, the security industry attracts a different type of person and, yeah. and to change their mentality that you're not just a head on a stick, you're not a punching bag. So I, I, I started to realise that um, in in very early that I had to uh, transition from, you know, I always talk about, you know, I went from the, the back door of the nightclub to the front door. That was the big promotion, right? So, um, in fact, that's where I met my wife, right? I got her in the club and 29 years later, she's still <laughs> hanging around. She won't leave. <laughs> What's wrong with this lady? But, um, you know, um, yeah, but, you know, the, and, and that when I finished up in, in selling my business, I thought, you know what, uh, I, I really want to give something back and, and Life Worldwide is all about that. It's doing the deep dive. It's about putting people back together again. It's about going in there, talking to them. And as our good friend Anthony always uses now, put the mouth guard in, you know, it's time to, to show up now. It's, you know, because sometimes we always say the good, some days are better than others. And, and that's the reality, you know, but business is business. Life is life and get the balance right. And that's what Life Worldwide does. It goes in there and does the deep dive, you know. And Yeah. But of course, a lot more, but... Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and and uh, mentioning uh, Anthony, who uh, just another one of those serendipitous sort of meetings and, and dinners and, um, you know, put the mouth guard in reminds me one of the, the key lessons that certainly I've learned around this idea of leadership and how you show up as a better human being is it's great to have plans, but a plan. And I think Mike Tyson might have once said, maybe it wasn't Mike, um, your plans are great up until the point where you get punched in the mouth. And then everything sort of goes out the window and you really have to then adapt and think, well, okay, I wasn't expecting that. How do I move on from there? So, Harry, if I might, um, I, I wanted to share a couple of questions with you, if that's okay. And, and these are from a couple of our other team. Uh, first is from our daughter, Olivia, who, um, not well today, but uh, Liv has two young, two young daughters at home and um, getting on the podcast is a bit of a... In fact, we need to have a... A 5 a.m. podcast. I think that might work better for the kids in terms of sleep. Yes. We might work on that. Question from Olivia is, um, what are three small steps we could take to become a better leader and a better human being? Look, I, I always say, you know, um, simple, don't be an asshole. So many people don't want to hear that, but the reality is nobody nobody likes an asshole. You know, our industry back then, nobody likes a smart ass, you know, so... You know, I think that's such a such an easy um, way to present something like this, and, and and for people to understand it and respect it. Everybody knows what it means, you know, and um, be considerate, you know, be a giver, you know, be considerate, understand, be a giver, do be be a good person, you know, not hard. Thank you. 
Thank you. So, Harry, just on, on that sort of idea of yeah, don't be a don't be a dropkick. <laughs> how much of that do you think is like requires us to actually hit the pause button from time to time and to seriously look at ourselves in the mirror and ask the question, you know, how am I showing up? Every day, turn down the ego. You know, uh, people don't want to do that. People don't want to drop their guard. People, yeah. um, you know, if you get overlooked in a job that you didn't get that that position for whatever reason or you get your heart broken, you never let anybody in again and you treat everybody, you know, as if they are that other person, you know. So yeah. all those lessons, and we all know what they are. We all know what they are. And in the end, we all got to have a good look in the mirror, right? Yeah. yeah, thank you. I might, um, actually, I'll, I'm going to leave this one with Jeanette, but I might get her to explain the hashtag check your face thing a little bit later, because I think it's actually hugely relevant, but I'll, I'll leave it to Jeanette to explain. I might actually just ask Al now to um, to share his question with you, Harry. Al. Oh, thanks, Graham. Uh, G'day, Harry. G'day, Al. My question is, um, what is your definition of a great human being? And how does a great human being approach a seemingly impossible situation in life? It's... That's a good question because um, when we say impossible, I, I, what I believe and what I have found over my journey, especially in, in this leadership space, dealing with some, some, I mean, some really high net worth individuals and some low economic, you know, different different types of people. But I always find that you can't get to the impossible if you're faking it, because what's happened, you get exposed. So it's of course it's impossible to get to that journey because. You're not that person. You're being somebody else, mm -hmm. you know. Today, you know, you talk about the Instagrammers. Everybody's doing the fake, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And there's some funny ones there too, you know. So, but, you know, be kinder, dig deep, you know. Um, these are, the, these are, the, these are the, the, the basics. Go back to the basics. Manners, respect, you know. I was telling a guy this morning, in fact, that, I mean, a massive business. They're, you know, well, when I say massive for Australia, they're made about 600 million. And... You know, I said, just eat at the table. Just eat at the table. Switch the bloody television off. You know, sit down at the table and have a feed. How you been, Alan? You know, what's going on, Danette? You know, okay, John, yeah. how's your day? You know, I think all that combined and take away the fake, take away wanting to keep up with everything that's not you and not your journey and where you're going because, you know, you're derailed. And then when you're trying to get to the... Of course, you're gonna, it's going to be impossible because you're carrying around all this garbage. You know, it's just... You know, and, and once you let that go and you can you can see ahead and it's a clear path, you be you and you start mm -hmm. being the better version of you, you know. So in a roundabout way, that's that's you know it okay. sounds quite simple when you say it like that, Harry, where it's it's let go of all those expectations of all the things we think we have to be, and it's just be me. Just be you. And you know what, you know, the old saying, you know. Do it hard now, you'll do it easy later. You do it easy now, you're going to do it hard later, you know? Yeah. And I think today everyone wants to do it now. And right. we don't blame it, right? Because we want this We want this Zoom working quick and fast and that's what we want too, right? Um, so there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also speed kills. But there's also another one I'll leave you with that on Monday, another company that I was with, I had to explain to them they didn't want to get big oh big's this and you lose that and i said well in the early days it was you know it was the uh, the big that killed the small but today it's the fast that killed the slow right 
And we, mm. we've got to understand that and we're going to get that balance right. You know, we, we all got to plan ahead and think differently and accept different ways of doing business. You know, the kids today get on the phone and, or whatever, the, you know, the internet, well, what, what are you doing? You don't do that. Press this, do that, do it this way. Well, we've always done it that way, right? Um, yeah. And I will share this with you because this happened at that meeting on Monday. We had an earlier meeting, so we had the breakfast meeting and then we went into this, uh, no, actually, we, we, we had a break. We had a break where everybody went out. Then we come back in and they had another another meeting. Then they brought in another company that they're going to buy, right? Huge company that these people are going to buy. What was absolutely strange to me, right, was that none of the people that were sitting on with me got up to shake these people's hands because these guys had already walked in. And I got yeah. up and I shook the bloke's hand. And one of the fellows that selling the business said, at the end of the whole thing, asked me for a conversation, right? And he said, you know, out of everything, you were the only bloke that got up to, to shake my hand. And, yeah. and what happened here was he said, we're going to really think about whether our cultures will align, right? And I knew right then we had a problem. And I said, but that's why I'm here. And, and that's why it's important that we start to talk about culture once we take, get away from the numbers, you know, we get away from the numbers. We'll agree, mm. you guys agree on the numbers, you know. But again, that's just another example of that leadership, human did these people forget that? You know, if I didn't get up and shake someone's head, my dad would have killed me, you know, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, Harold. There you go. The long version. <laughs> the better version. The better version. The better version. Thanks, Harry. Um, John, I might just pass over to you to share your question with Harry. Sure. So, Harry, my question, and thanks for coming on, and I've heard a lot about you over the years because I've worked with Kramer and Annette for a long time, and they've talked nothing but you know splendid things about you and and wanting to do stuff with you so this is a great thing um but yeah you've been very successful you've built up that security company and and then you've moved on from that and knowing myself having been in the the pub industry for a lot of years there's a lot of gray areas dark areas that it's easy to fall into but you've also been on the other side where you've been with celebrities and you know it's a very can be a very heady world in the celebrity world and again, a lot of grey areas and a lot of bad habits to fall into. How do you stay centred? How is that? How is your journey of centering yourself to be a good person? I guess and not go down those paths or go down for long times. How do you, how's that changed over the years? Yeah, and, and it's a great uh, question, John. And thank you, Daniela um, Grant, for your nice words to John. You know, um, look, one of the main things is this: is that fame or fortune? Okay. And people forget that you're not the main act. Yep. You know, you're there to do a job. You know, our job was to take John from A to B. Um, yep. What happens from A to B is none of our business. And you know, a lot of people in our industry that in, in, in even in the corporate world, you know, people forget who they are, right? And and one of the biggest lessons for me is don't forget who you were with nothing. Yeah. Of course, when you've got something, right? And just be the better version of yourself when you do finally make it. Because I don't think we get to a point where you ever um, you make it because there's always something missing, right? Whether you didn't have a family, whether you, you, know, you, you forgot about this, you want to have kids late, you can't have them now because you chased a career, all these sort of stuff, right? But it does get very grey in, in that industry and it simply put some of the rock and roll, you know, they're, they're, they're hard and fast and they've got to keep up the, uh, the reputation and... I gave a speech, oh, this was pre-COVID, to a huge accounting firm. 
And to be honest, I didn't realise it was the um, it was the uh, what do you call it the the, the the end of year, you know, the big, like, where they all come into the, it was like a Congress thing. I thought it was just the, the local firm. Anyway, I okay. got in there and it was, um, you know, you're on the dance floor, you've got to dance, John, right? So, yeah. um, and, and they were talking about all these, you know, um, different ways of doing business and et cetera. And what's funny enough, their accountants are friends of ours who, Danette and Graham, you know who they are, it's a cleaning company. It would be wrong for me to mention them. And yeah. I was giving business advice, you know, I was giving this advice and we do this and we do that. So I, because I was, you know, the, one of the key speakers, I said, put your hand up, the, the people that are looking after this company. And of course, no one, everyone's ducking for cover, you know, but eventually somebody put their hand up in the corner and I went across to them and it was a roving mic. And you know, so I went up to them and I said, well, hey, have you ever been at three o'clock in the morning to, to clean toilets with this company? And I said, oh, I don't know. No, 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 we haven't done that. So you, you've been out in the cold, in the wet, and the this and this and that. I said, so how are you giving these people advice? How are you providing this business advice? In the end, all you're talking about is finance and banking. But you don't realise what it feels like to be that person on the ground cleaning or yeah. doing that work, right? So that that's what keeps you grounded. This is what keeps yeah. you. Don't forget where you started, who you are. And, and John, you know what? We weren't in the security business. We were in the people business, you know? Yeah, so, okay. Without the people, we had no business, right? Um, yep. So when you learn that, the grey really disappears. It starts to disappear. And I was saying at that at that at that um, conference, I said, "Some rock and roll, you know, uh, drugs, second rock and sex and rock and roll. You hear all about it. And you know, if somebody turns up with with a bag of, of whatever, you know, of chocolates, yep. um, and you grab that bag, John, to take it into that room." Are you now a drug dealer? Are you yep. transporting? Or is it a simple matter of John's got a parcel and it's got to go to here? So that's the grey area. Yeah. That, that's where what you see here, that's got to stay on, you know, what happens on, you know, they always say what happens in Vegas doesn't yeah. stay there anymore. It stays on Facebook, right? But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know Nowadays, I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. just don't forget who you are, who you were and where you're going and just... You know, the more you get, the more you give. Yeah. All this sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. So hopefully I've given you a good answer there, but... Yeah, no, look, they're simple lessons. And, and going back to your other things, you know, lose your ego, be kinder, have manners and respect. I mean, I, I guess it's all the things that, well, that I was brought up with as a kid. And sometimes you forget about those things as you get older because you because the ego kicks in and you think you are better than what you are. Yeah. I mean, the thing we used to teach our people, don't, I mean, you come from the pub game, is don't hunt in packs, you know. Yep. Um, if you're working out, if you're working one out at a, at a rough place where I did as a young kid and I saw some horrendous things and up on a murder trial because some people did some things and whatever, you're working there one out, let me tell you, you check your ego at the door, you bring your manners very quick yeah. um, versus whether you've got 30 blokes and you're trying to be a hero. This is in general in life as well, yep. you know. Um, you turn up to a restaurant, you go in somewhere, say thank you, please, you know, all, all of the above, right? Um, uh, but, but in the end, I used to say to my clients as well, you know, we're not at the opera either, you know, we're not punching bags. So there will be violence, there will be drama, but yep. it's a matter of, it's you versus Alan, it's not me versus you and Alan. My job yep. is to separate you and get you to an understanding, you know, and that takes courage and leadership and smarts and in amongst that, we might get injured, we might get hurt, but it's not personal. We just got to separate the two, and and guess what? Tomorrow we're going to do it again. 
we go home with a hangover or, 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 or you know a little bit sore, but whether we're sore or not, we we still have to come back and do it again um, and be better than we were yesterday. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, very true. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, so much to um, so much to unpack and unpack in, in all of that. And Harry, I was um, just going back to. Uh, it, it put a smile on my face when you were talking about the, the meeting with the, the company that was going to acquire the other company, and and uh, you know you got up and went over and, and shook um, the hand of one of the the owners of the business that was being acquired. Uh, but your description about what partly motivated you to do that was that if your dad were in the room and you hadn't done it, he would have given you a good swift kick up the backside because that's of value and that actually matters. Okay. And I'm sort of I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on. Yeah, how much of us uh, in, in the behaviour that we're seeing in a lot of people at the moment, that it's almost the exact opposite of that. It's like dog eat dog and, uh, you know, if somebody's down, give them a good kick and keep them down because that way you're winning. How much of that is because we've sort of lost our tribe or how much of it is we actually need to find a tribe that's going to hold us to those sort of values that actually matter? Yeah, I'd say a lot. And we've lost respect. We've lost, I, I think that key word respect, it's just gone out the door, you know, manners, basics, basic things, you know, we're, we're and I think because we're in a rush, as we were saying earlier, everyone's in yeah. this rush to get to this. Yeah. And, and we heard this seven years ago at Robbins, you know, stop being busy, being busy, you know, yeah. Yeah. people going around in circles. What are you doing? You know, uh, and others act as if they're the, the busiest people in the world, you know, they're, they're flat out, you know, ask them, they'll tell you, you know, but really, they're still stuck on that one project, on that one thing, you know, and they can't get out of it. But a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to respect, manners, values, you know, all that call that it's just, I, I think, um, you know, I was, again, um, on Tuesday, I was saying to someone, you know, I feel like there's no more um, faith, you know, whether you're a believer or not, but it's got something to do with something. And you don't realise it until you need it. Um, where it was a very it was a very touchy conversation because there was a kid in that wasn't a kid actually it was a lot older than me but he said he went on about a certain church and let me tell you he let loose and he had every right to do so and all I said to him was I said you're blaming that one person for everything I said it could have been just that one person that did that not not everyone you know and you just need to restore that that was his pain and and that and that came back down to respect because. He felt that everybody was like that because he got so tortured so bad that that's yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah. <laughs> find your tribe. Well, Not always easy to do, but but so important. Well, if you're looking in the wrong places, sure. yeah, yeah. You've got to fit in again. I'll tell you this, Ryan. Right, I've got a couple of friends who um, I knew them, you know, for, for many many years, and. Fast forward the story a little bit. They've decided to join certain uh, gangs, and they've got stickers all over their heads and tats here and there, and big boys. And you see them down the street, you cross the road, and but I still see them as the people that they. I remember them as, and I still know deep down, that's who they are. But they decided to join something to become something else, and I know for a fact there's not a day that goes by that they live with regret, right? Um, a dear friend of ours spent 20-plus years in jail for murder. His brother's one of, a VP of one of the biggest banks in New York, two different lives, right? Mm. So 
but you speak to both of them, they both speak the same language. They're both respectful. They're both, right? But when they go out on their own circles, one's in the Hamptons, one's in Barwon. Very different, right? It is. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Danette, did you want to uh, share your question with Harry? Yeah, I just wanted to check. John, did you want to say something? No, I was, well, I was going to ask about how much how much does language play a part of all of this, Harry? Um, or have you seen that it plays a part? And, and not just the courtesy language, but, you know, you were talking about the guy um, who blames the whole church and, you know, it's everyone there. Um, and using words like everyone, never, always, you know, those bigger words rather than breaking it down and seeing the individual parts that, it, that make up that so-called so big one. Yeah, language. It's a good one, John, because, you know, we always, always say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And, hmm. you know, and, there's, and, and he's got every right. He, this guy's got every right to talk about what happened. I get it. And it's good that he's talking about it. But... You know, when are you going to empty the swamp? When are you going to take out the trash? When are you going to stop it? When are you going to stop letting this thing drag you down? And, you know, negativity breeds failure. You know, um, a young kid yesterday that we had coffee with, you know, a, there was two very corporate executive ladies sitting to our right, a lady sitting behind me on a computer typing, and he's just gone with a gutter in the mouth, you know, C-U-N-T's and F's and blah, blah. But he's not a bad kid. He was just telling me, you know, and he's, and he's a senior executive and he's just telling the story, you know, and he's going for it. And he said, don't you believe me? That's what he said to me. And I said, no, I'm in shock what's coming out of your mouth. He said, but, but I'm telling you the truth. I said, it's how you're telling it. Yeah. How you're telling it. I said, do we need to go down the trash? Because all I can hear is trash. He said, that's my frustration. And it made me rethink it too, thinking, well, that's probably the best way this kid could have explained it. And if he tried to tell me in a different way, maybe it wouldn't have come out as honest. He would have probably, you know. So, but it is. Language is, 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 is critical. It's important. It's, you know. Yeah. No, thanks. And, and, Sorry, you know, If I could just say real quickly, you know, um, you're approaching a high-risk situation. If you, what are you going to do? Go in there. There's certain times where you do need to take authoritarian and talk mm -hmm. tough and talk. Yeah, listen, stop. Hey, well, and there's other times, excuse me, can I have a word to you over here quietly? You know? And, and it defuses yeah. situations, you know, and instead of going in there aggressively, you know, passive aggressive, it doesn't work. Yeah, no time. So, my question, Harry, is what's the best leadership lesson that you've learned? And I'm really curious about why it was the best leadership lesson. Well, I went into a, um, I went into a meeting with, um, I'll say that it was Qantas. It was a, um, a very high risk job that they wanted us to look at. And the then CEO, who had been there forever, um, Jeff Dixon, um, and there was another gentleman there, said to us, the reason we had won the work was speed and flexibility. It was how quick we were and how flexible we were. So for me, that opened my eyes into that leadership space. And when we progressed with the job, and we debriefed the job. He said, speed, flexibility, you were quick to respond, flexible to everything, and you led in the middle. Because I believe you've got to lead in the middle. You can see what's going on in the front, you can see what's going on in the back. You know, if you're at the front, you can't see the back, you're at the back, you can't see the front, all this sort of stuff, right? So, and I really do believe that works. And I had that throughout my whole business. And 
you know, I would wear my uniform. I wouldn't turn up to an, to an event in a, in a suit and go and sip champagne up at the corporate box at a big event. I'd be in the middle of it all. I'd be with them. It's not because they were not capable, they were extremely capable. But if I've chosen to attend that event and be part of that crew, you lead in the middle. I think a great leader leads in the middle, you know. And that speed and flexibility part, you know, how quick you are to respond to your client, how flexible you are to their problems. You're not going, oh, look, I can't change that. No, we'll, we can't, and, you know, oh, we've got to reconfigure this plate. No, I don't know if we can do that. You know, the, what's the client thinking now, you know? Uh, well, we better find someone that can, you know? So oh that was really successful for us and, and it really took us to, and remember, we built a hundred plus million dollar business with no business development, no sales teams. We were the sales team. That speed and flexibility, that ability. But again, not everything to everybody either, right? Because mm. you can trip over. So, yeah, so appreciate that, Harry. And what a yeah. great lesson. Thank you. Yeah. That was the first part of our interview with Harry Corris. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're excited for part two as much as I am. As always, have a magical week and we'll see you next week.